Novel Pairings, a podcast dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. Each episode, we'll discuss one classic book and share some recommendations for more contemporary reads that feature similar themes. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. Can I tell you my favorite thing about our friendship slash podcast (laughs) partnership? Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, My favorite thing is that we... We really encourage each other to take naps. <laughs> and we like make it a completely normalized part of our weekly schedule to text each other and be like, I'm going to take a nap, but then I'll be ready to record. <laughs> or I'm going to take a nap on this day, so we cannot record at this nap time. <laughs> It's so true. We're very supportive of each other's rest and relaxation. <laughs> I love it. I I think it's fabulous. I mean, it it truly is just one of my favorite things. And that just really happened very naturally that it, we just both really like to nap. It's true. And we're not ashamed of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, so- speaking of... We both tried to nap before recording because yeah. we were both feeling a little sluggish today. Neither of us rested as much as we wanted to, but that's okay. Hopefully chatting about books will wake us up a little bit. It always does. And today we have some really fun books to talk about. So we had a ton of fun sharing hot new summer releases paired with backlist titles last season, and we decided to bring it back. So we are going to share some anticipated fall releases. Some of these are really buzzy, and some of them aren't as buzzy. They're just books that we're really excited about. And we will pair them with older books, some some really old, some slightly older that will likely have a shorter wait on the library holds list for you. So I'm excited for this, Sarah. Yeah, me too. I I was going to say, and, and you brought this up, that not all of these books are super buzzy. When we did our summer episode, I felt like it was very much, here are all of the books that everyone is talking about, and we'll help you find those books that have shorter library holds. For this one, there's a lot of that, but there's also some books that just you might be excited to hear are coming out because fall reading doesn't have that same, I don't know, there just aren't the same dozens and dozens of lists coming out about fall reads as there are for summer. So this will also be to maybe introduce you to some exciting upcoming releases. Sarah, I think that you should kick us off with this first one on the list because I'm also really excited about it and I've been seeing readers post reviews on Instagram and my interest is definitely peaked. Yes, so this one is Luster by Raven Leilani and it's already out. It actually came out at the beginning of August, but the original pub day was September 8th. So I'd had it in our outline and then realized it was out, but I wanted to talk about it anyway. So there we have it. I actually read this book (laughs) in 
one night. I got an early copy from FSG. It's an Aspen Word submission. So I sat down to read it, couldn't put it down. It is about a young Black woman who works in publishing at the start of the novel, which is a really interesting and timely start to this story. And over the course of the book, she becomes involved in a middle-aged white couple's open marriage. And her relationship with the whole family develops throughout the course of the very short book. And it was just some of the most interesting, complicated relationships that I've read in a while. But the book also has a super funny tone and these great asides that are hysterical, but then she'll also just punch you in the gut with her poignancy and her urgency of her writing. So that is Luster by Raven Leilani, and it really reminded me of Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. And of course, this has been like the summer of normal people. We all reread it or watched the show, but Conversations with Friends is actually my favorite Sally Rooney so far. And it's also about a young girl who gets involved with a married couple's relationship. So that, of course, had parallels to me. I actually grabbed this one from the Libro FM advanced listening copies. So I'm going to try it on audio. And when you mentioned that it was funny or that there's a great sense of humor about it, that makes me think that it will be really good on audio because I always think that humor comes across great when a narrator voices it. 100%. I think anytime there's kind of that subtle irony or sarcasm or even more laugh out loud humor, the audiobooks just enhance that so much. All right, your next read, and actually September 1st is like going to be a day for books. <laughs> so mm-hmm. one of them yeah. is a for sure a mutual anticipated book. Yeah, and we should say at the top, we didn't even say this at the top, but we will go in order by publishing date. So that's the order that we're sharing these in. But because of when this episode releases, some of these will already have been published by the time that the episode is out. So we will say the publishing date, but um, just so you know, that's the order that we're going in here. Not by favorites, because that would be too hard. (laughs) So Sarah, I think you and I are both on the record for saying that Homegoing by Ya Jesse is one of our favorite books of all time. And I am so, so excited that she has a new book coming out, Transcendent Kingdom. And this is definitely one of the buzziest releases of the fall. And I was just reading an interview with her where she talked about being curious about the relationship between science and religion and wanting to write about it. And she also infuses an evangelical background from her own life into this story. So she's writing about a neuroscientist studying at Stanford Medical School, and she is studying 
behavior in mice related to the neural circuits of depression and addiction. Her brother was a gifted high school athlete, and he died of a heroin overdose after being injured and getting hooked on prescription painkillers. And her mother, as a result of that, and perhaps also due to some other mental illness, is basically living from bed. And so Gifty, this science student, is really curious and really wants to heal the hurt that she sees around her and she wants to understand it. But simultaneously, as she's trying to find the science behind this, she's also sort of hungering for a faith basis and the faith of her childhood and sort of coming to terms with how the evangelical church might interact with her scientific background now. And I'm just so excited to read it because I feel like I've been on my own journey to figure out how the faith that I was raised with fits and suits me now. And so I am just so excited to read this. And I thought that it might pair well with The Mothers by Britt Bennett. So in Britt Bennett's debut novel, there is this church and faith background to it. It is a big part of the conversation of the novel. There is, of course, an interesting motherhood arc and relationship. And Oh yeah, I'm just really excited to to read Yao Jesse's new book. And I, I think that the mothers would be a great one in conversation with it. Absolutely. I think that's a great pairing. And I just love when authors kind of swing in a new direction. I mean, to go from a story as expansive as homegoing to a story more focused on one family and one community. I'm really excited to see what Yeah Jesse does with that. Mm-hmm. All right, what is next on your list for September 1st? I'm excited about Daddy by Emma Klein. Emma Klein wrote The Girls, which was that like cult book that came out a couple of years ago that I liked. I liked her writing a lot, but wasn't super invested in the story. So Daddy is a collection of short stories that seem to be mostly, if not all, set like in California and the southwestern United States. I thought some of the best parts of the girls were her descriptions of the heat of California and the California sun and how it kind of impacted the girls in the book's decisions and choices and mental health and all of that. And so I am excited for a little bit more of her writing some different types of stories. And I tend to really like short story collections that are consolidated by place. So a couple different ones that might pair well with this would be Florida by Lauren Groff, Sabrina and Karina, by Callie Fajardo-Anstein, or this one just came to me too, Lot by Brian Washington, which all takes place in and around Houston. So yeah, I am on the record, as we've talked about before, as not usually reading short story collections from beginning to end, but if there's that 
cohesive thread of place, they often work well for me. So I'm excited to check out Daddy by Emma Klein. I've had Florida sitting on my shelf for a really long time, and I think I only made it through two stories. (laughs) I think the first story in that collection is my favorite story, so... You read the best one. <laughs> okay. I'll, I stopped there. That's fine. That's Counted enough. as a win. <laughs> okay. My next September 1st release that I'm really excited about here is actually YA. And I feel like this one might not get the most buzz. Or maybe it will. I don't know. It's It just looks so cute and it sounds perfect for book lovers. This is Recommended for You by Laura Silverman. And... It is about Shoshana Greenberg, who works at Once Upon, her local bookstore. And the store is really an escape for her. She loves to work there, and it is a solace because things at home aren't great. And her boss announces that anyone who sells the most books will get a holiday bonus. So she thinks, okay, well, at least it could fix my car. It's not going to solve all all of my problems, but I can get my broken down car fixed and I'm on it. I'm going to sell the most books. But a new guy was just hired at the bookstore. His name is Jake Kaplan and he doesn't even read. So how dare he compete to sell the most books? So his sales start to rival hers and they get in this heated competition and he's really cute. And he is also Jewish and single, which apparently, according to the description, is hard to find south of Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) But he is Shoshana's enemy, and so she is ready to take him down. But of course, as they compete, I think some sparks are going to fly. So it just sounds so cute. It's being pitched as to all the boys I've loved before meets You've Got Mail. So I think that it would pair well with Tweet Cute by Emma Lord, which is also a young adult You've Got Male retelling. Oh, so cute. Doesn't that just sound so fun? Yes, it sounds so fun. I mean, I'm definitely going to read that. I haven't read Tweet Cute yet. It also sounds like it might pair well with By the Book by Amanda Sellett, which I read this summer, which is about a teenage girl who loves to read and, and gives all of her new friends romance recommendations or like relationship advice, I guess, based on her Victorian books that she reads, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, I actually, I had that in mind when I was scrolling my anticipated to-be-read list because I, I just think that this one is perfect for book nerds. Yeah. Okay, my next one is also YA, and I did not know that this was coming out until I was searching some lists prior to this episode. It is Punching the Air by Ibi Zaboy and Yusuf Salam. It's also out September 1st. I'm so excited about this one. Did you know it was happening? <laughs> I, feel... I did, okay. yes. <laughs> I was going to pop it in the document. I don't know why I didn't, because it's really at the top of my list, especially since it's a novel in verse. Yes, love a novel in verse, especially a YA novel in verse. I don't know if I've ever read a adult novel in verse, and I don't I know don't if I would I have, have any desire to. Um <laughs> 
So this is a book about a young artist and poet named Amal, and suddenly he is convicted of a crime that he did not commit. So it's about criminal justice, but told in this why a what I'm sure is going to be just riveting poetry. And I love a kind of lyrical, I love lyrical writing and I love a character driven story that's about the characters, but still makes me think about larger issues. So a great pairing for this, I think, would be The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. But I also think it would be really great to do something like watch 13th and then read this book or read The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander as a pairing with this book. Yusef Salam is also, he is one of the Exonerated Five, which is partly why he partnered with Ibiza Boy for this project. So When They See Us is another documentary on Netflix that would be a great watch with this novel. And as you were talking, I was thinking Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds would be Mm, another great pairing. Absolutely. And of course, Zaboy's Pride is a mutual favorite of ours too, which is a much more lighthearted read, but so powerful and empowering. It's a retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in Brooklyn. So if you haven't read that one yet, that's a great one too. And listen to it on audio because Elizabeth Acevedo narrates it. (laughs) Anyway, that was like a bunch of extra recommendations right there. Don't worry, everyone. We will be putting all of these in show notes so you can go and there will be clickable links so that you can purchase these or put them on your wish list or make a Christmas list, whatever you want to do with these books. Yes. All right, Chelsea, what is your next book? Okay, another one that I'm really excited about and... um kind of like you said with this last one, only realized when I was looking up books for this episode is His Only Wife by Peace Adzo Medi. And this one sounds so good. It is about Afi and she is a young seamstress and she lives in Ghana with her widowed mother. So one day she gets this opportunity to marry a wealthy man She doesn't know him, but she agrees to it because she sees it as an opportunity to really give her mom a better life and ascend in social status. So he sends a stand-in to the wedding, and then weeks after they're married, she basically just gets put in a plush apartment in the capital city and doesn't even meet her new husband so he is supposedly in love with another woman which is why he hasn't even shown his face but she is supposed to win win him back and so this is I think kind of pitched as there's possibly some romance involved here but mostly the story is about her 
navigating a patriarchal society and finding herself and hoping to find independence and a, a better life for herself. And so I'm really excited about this. The author is a scholar and women's rights advocate. And so I'm really excited about this. It's her debut novel and it's recommended for readers of Candace Cardi Williams and Queenie and Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, which we love Americana here uh, at Novel Pairings. So I am really curious about this and excited to read it. I thought that it might pair well with Their Eyes Were Watching God Mm. because it just seems like perhaps the heroine of the novel might be a little bit like Janie and that her journey might might reflect some of the lessons that Janie learned. So that is just a guess. I'm really excited to read it and find out. But that is his only wife. Oh, I love that. My next one in our last September 1st book is Never Look Back by Lilium Rivera. This is an Orpheus and Eurydice retelling. Yes, a YA Orpheus and Eurydice retelling with Afro-Latinx characters. So that's all I would need to. (laughs) (laughs) You just need retelling. Honestly, I just need the word retelling. And I don't care what it's retelling, but I'm in. Totally. But it's about Yuri. She moves to the Bronx after losing everything in Hurricane Maria And she's haunted figuratively and literally when she arrives in the Bronx. And she is kind of walled off because of that. But she, of course, meets Fias, who is a musician and a very charming one at that. Of course, there's a romantic element to their story. But then there's great loss because Yuri is haunted by this demon and of course never look back refers to the Orpheus myth where he's not supposed to look back at Eurydice I'm hoping this one doesn't end as tragically as (laughs) the myth but I'm going to go in prepared for for a sad story but it sounds absolutely riveting and very compelling I think it could pair well with Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi, which is a retelling of Antigone, but done in a way to highlight Shamsi's cultural heritage. I think that's really cool when authors take these myths of the Western canon and use those stories to say something about their own cultures. So... I think that's a great pairing. And then if you want to listen to our Odyssey episode for more myth retellings, if that word lights a fire in you as well, definitely check that episode out. I'm down. That one definitely is going towards the top of my anticipated list. That sounds so good. What is your next book? Okay, my next one comes from Alyssa Cole, who is well-known as a romance author. She's one of my absolute favorite romance authors, but she has a thriller coming out on September 15th. I think that's today that we're releasing this episode. 
So I'm really excited for her thriller, When No One Is Watching. It is pitched as Rear Window Meets Get Out, and I love when film references are part of a book's marketing. That always piques my interest. Um, But this is a thriller that really takes on gentrification. So the main character, Sydney Green, is born and raised in Brooklyn, and she loves her neighborhood, but it seems like it's constantly changing, and she is really resistant to the constant gentrification that she sees around her. And so she meets her neighbor, Theo, and they take this dive into the history of the neighborhood, but quickly become fearful and paranoid because their neighbors maybe didn't move to the suburbs after all. They're neighbors that have disappeared, and perhaps there is something more sinister going on. So they sort of try and figure this out, and they um, are trying to figure out like what's a conspiracy versus what's what is really happening here and I'm so excited to read this I also a lot of the reviews mention that Alyssa Cole weaves in some really great romance elements into the thriller Mm. which I think is so unique and I love when authors mash up genres so I think this would of course pair incredibly well with The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin just for another New York City gentrification metaphor and fiction that also tackles that theme. So The City We Became is fantasy, but I think that it will pair really well with When No One Is Watching. I love when we can pair books that are totally different genres, but tackling the same subject, because it's fun to see how authors explore similar themes through very different structures and conventions. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Okay, what do you have coming out on the 15th? Jack by Marilyn Robinson, which is the fourth book in her Gilead collection. I don't call it a series because I didn't read it in order, (laughs) so... I started with Lila because I wanted to read the one that was more about the female character, obviously. And so I fell in love with Lila, who is this great heroine. And then I went back and read Gilead, which is the first in the series and is about a pastor in a small town. Jack is the story of that pastor's son. And in the second book, she released Home. This is very convoluted. (laughs) Jack returns home as kind of this prodigal son. In the fourth one, she's kind of going back and looking at what Jack was doing when he was the prodigal son. I don't think that this is a book you go into because the plot sounds good to you. It's just that Marilyn Robinson is a master at crafting characters. These are some of those quiet books that you either love or you hate. I love a good quiet book that really examines human nature and resilience and 
the way people support each other. I love this community as much as I love the characters. And if you're not sold on these books, go to FSG Books, the publisher's Instagram, and check out the new covers that all of the Gilead books are getting these brand new stunning covers with the release of Jack and I'm pretty sure every bookworm will want them on their shelves even if you're not sold on quiet books. <laughs> They're so beautiful. I'm starting to like quiet books more. It's like the older I get the more I like those slower character driven novels but I'm totally one of those people who saw the new covers and was like yes this is my time to start this series. (laughs) Yes it is. If you like that kind of book another one that comes up a lot is The Dearly Beloved by Kara Wall which is a book about two couples four friends who are United because the husbands are co-pastors at a church and it follows them kind of from when the when each couple meets all the way through their later years and how they support each other and challenge each other. Of course the the books revolving around pastors also connects these. I am not a religious person and so I just want to say also that I don't think you need to be to enjoy these books. I still enjoy reading about people whose faith really shapes their worldview and how they make their choices. I find that compelling, even as somebody who doesn't consider myself religious. I think that I'm going to jump back up to some YA really quick before we move past our September 15th dates, because it's really a great fall season for young adults fiction yes and Tiffany D. Jackson is one of my favorite young adult authors I think that what she's doing with her books is just genius so she writes these young adult mystery thriller books basically a lot of them have to do with maybe missing teens or some unsolved murders and I mean I having taught teens (laughs) That is what gets a kid hooked on a book. It's so true. (laughs) They love the sort of like morbid true crime stuff. So, but what I love about Tiffany D. Jackson is she takes those stories and there is, there are really important uh, themes and lessons that come about, commentaries on society through these really page-turning mystery YA books. So in Grown, which is her September 15th new release, Enchanted Jones wakes up with blood on her hands and doesn't remember the previous night. But Corey Fields is dead, and he was a legendary R&B artist, and so... He was supposed to be her ticket to stardom, but now she woke up, he's dead, she doesn't remember what happened, she has blood on her hands. And this is very typical for a Tiffany D. Jackson book where the protagonist or the main character is like unreliable narrator, doesn't remember something, but there was a traumatic incident or a crime that was committed and then the rest of the book is sort of unspooling exactly what happened. So... 
that's what we have here. We have the mystery of what happened to Corey. And obviously, all signs point to Enchanted killing him. But we don't know for sure. So we get to sort of see their how exactly they got to know each other and I assume figure out the the mystery. So I'm really excited to read that one. A couple of Tiffany D. Jackson books. I mean, I think her entire backlist is great and brilliant, but I really liked Let Me Hear a Rhyme. That one also had to do with uh, rap and the main character's music career but I really liked Monday's Not Coming because there was such excellent commentary on how black girls fall through the cracks of society because they are not given priority when there is a missing persons case or when something is happening at school and school attendance is low. And Monday's Not Coming is absolutely a thrilling mystery but it also brings some really, really important and devastating facts to light. So that's Tiffany D. Jackson, and I would recommend her entire entire backlist. So like many readers, I love a good book about books. And so I am super excited for The Midnight Library, which is by Matt Haig and comes out on September 29th. And this is a magical realism book. I think Matt Haig typically writes magical realism. He also wrote How to Stop Time. And it's about this mystical library where every person has two books of their life, the what happened and what might have happened. And it's about a young woman who enters this library, travels through it, and has to kind of decide which of her books is the right story for her. It sounds really lovely and charming, but also lovely and charming in a way that makes you think about the small moments that make up a life. I think that the what I would pair this with is Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore by Robin Sloan. I like that we have a bunch of books for book lovers on this list. I feel like that might be a fall trope. Like we're all feeling a little scholarly and whether they're campus novels or books about books, we're we're ready to like you know, just steep in bookish goodness in the fall. I agree, and I love it. Okay, so I think this is going to be my last September release because we need to move on to some books that are coming out in October, but this book is out on September 29th. It is Ties That Tether by Jane Agaro, and this one is about Azir who at 12 promised her dying father that she would marry a Nigerian man and preserve her Nigerian culture even after emigrating to Canada. So her mother has been super vigilant and on it, and she has been setting her up with Nigerian men and keeping her in the Nigerian dating pool 
as an adult to help her preserve this promise to her father. But her mom's just not not making these matches and Azir ends up at a bar after another match gone wrong and she ends up having a one night stand with Rafael Castellano who is tall, handsome and white. <laughs> so when their one night stand gets serious and she starts to really develop deep feelings for him, she's torn between really wanting to please her mother and wanting to preserve her promise to her father, wanting to honor her Nigerian heritage. And so she is really struggling if this interracial relationship somehow means that she is less of a Nigerian or dishonoring her family. And so she has to decide what she wants and fight for her happiness. And it sounds really, really good. So that's Ties That Tether. And I thought that it would pair well with The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. I really loved that book. It's a rom-com, so I think that it's probably lighter and funnier than Ties That Tether, which seems like there might be a more serious tone to it. But there is a really important mother-daughter relationship in the book, and the heroine is really intent on pleasing her mom and honoring her culture. And so while... There, and there is also an interracial relationship element. That's not a point of tension in The Worst Best Man, but I still think that those themes of really wanting to please your parents who have worked so hard to provide for you and wanting to honor your culture is present in The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. All right, moving into October books. For me, October means witchy books, and so I am super excited for Magic Lessons by Alice Hoffman. This is the prequel to Practical Magic and the Rules of Magic, which are about the Owen sisters who are witches. And I came to Practical Magic through the movie, and I honestly think I like the movie Practical Magic better than I like the book Practical Magic, but I loved rules of magic and I love a prequel so I'm super excited for this one which takes place in the 1600s in Salem it's about Maria Owens and how the Owens women came to practice and have these magical abilities anyways so I am super excited to be at the root of the story especially since we're going to have a Crucible episode dropping in October. I will be really excited to read a book set during the Salem Witch Trials. And I would pair that with The Witches by Stacey Schiff, which is nonfiction. So if you are feeling that nerdy academic way we were describing as a fall feeling, Stacey Schiff's The Witches might be a good one for you. It is a really in-depth but well-written and somewhat narratively structured history of the Salem Witch Trials. I think that sounds like the perfect fall book. Uh Uh-huh. And the cover is so pretty, too. I love Alice Hoffman. That's always a bonus. She's, like, so prolific. I don't know. I think She, like, puts out a book every year, and they're not short books. She's just whipping them out. I don't know how she does it. Well, I have another fantasy to recommend here. Wow. I think I would qualify this as fantasy. You're like a full-on fantasy reader now. 
Look at you marking <laughs> these fantasy books. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> this, so this one fits very much into my realm of fantasy, which is fantasy novels that are grounded in either a historical time period that I'm familiar with or a real place. So this is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And in France in 1714, a young woman bargains with the devil to live forever, but she is also cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. So this is the start of the story of Addie LaRue. And this book is sweeping. So her story plays out across centuries. She travels across continents. There's a lot of history and art references throughout this. And everything changes after 300 years of being somewhat anonymous when Addie comes across a man in a hidden bookstore and he remembers her name. No one is supposed to remember her name. So I'm so thrilled by this premise. I really liked V.E. Schwab's A Darker Shade of Magic. That is my kind of fantasy, like I said. So I really like her writing. And this is a book that she has shared that she like really always wanted to write this one. This is like the book of her career that she's wanted to write for so long and finally finished and got down on paper. And oh, it sounds so so good and of course the first book that comes to mind is the picture of dorian gray totally. by oscar wilde oh wow yeah what a great pairing i'm really excited this might be overall my most anticipated read for the fall oh. 2020 all right i love that should we talk a little bit about some nonfiction? yeah because i'm really really excited for this book that comes out october 13th did you listen to, um, yes. oh, what was the podcast called? <laughs> Dolly Parton's America? Yes. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I have always known of Dolly Parton and, you know, her songs are familiar to me, but I was never a big Dolly Parton fan, but I loved listening to that podcast and I definitely gained a new appreciation for her. So there is a book about Dolly Parton coming out October 13th, called She Come By It Natural, Dolly Parton and the Women Who Lived Her Songs. And this is by Sarah Smarsh. And any time that a nonfiction author or biographer can take an iconic historical event or figure or pop culture entity and connect it to... Um, connect it to a larger, broader historical period or a broad theme with society or sort of like how this impacts real people, I'm here for it. So this book talks about Dolly Parton and her songs and her songwriting, but then also the women that she was influenced by in writing those songs and the real people that Dolly Parton sort of grew up around and knows that she put into her music. And so I'm really excited about this. And um, I don't know if this would have been on my radar, but a friend read it recently and it comes highly recommended from an excellent source. So 
I'm really excited to read this one. Oh, that sounds so good. My pairing for this is totally nerdy and academic. So I took a class in grad school called Class Fictions. That was all about the way artists represent and portray class in their works. And most of it was a literature class, but it was also a cultural studies class. And we did a whole section on country music and how country artists, there's this expectation for them to be quote unquote authentic, like authentically country and authentically rustic. And there's not necessarily that same expectation for other artists. We did actually talk quite a bit about rap as well and the authenticity of in the rap world. And that was fascinating to compare the two. But my professor of that class, Pamela Fox, she wrote this book called Natural Acts, Gender, Race, and Rusticity in Country Music, all about, well, the intersection of gender, race, and class in the world of country. And I mean, if you want to go deep, (laughs) she talks a lot about (laughs) Dolly Parton. And I actually wrote a paper about Loretta Lynn for this class, which was so fun. Um, but yeah, her book, Natural Acts, Gender, Race, and Rusticity in Country Music is pretty cool. That's really neat. I love your academic connection with this book. Yeah. And I mean, I think the podcast in itself is the perfect pairing because they do go into detail about her songwriting and how important it is just in terms of her iconic feminism and her giving a voice to the Appalachian region. So yeah, I'm really excited to read this one, even though it's so like, it's so not what I would typically pick up because I'm just not a country music fan, but Dolly Parton is fascinating. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm excited for that one too. This next one is out October 20th and you actually texted me (laughs) a link to it and just said omg and we're both really excited for plain bad heroines by emily m danforth because it sounds like the perfect fall book it sounds creepy and gothic and i don't know bookish all of the things so it takes place at an all-girls school obviously that's something i'm interested in And it's about these best friends who are kind of outsiders, but really become devoted to their young teacher, who's also a writer. Her name is Mary McLean. And so the girls establish their own little secret society called the Plain Bad Heroine Society. And they meet in secret until they are mysteriously killed and their bodies are found in this orchard near the school and they have a copy of their teacher's book with them and then it flashes forward a century the book starts in the early 1900s and then it jumps to the turn of the 21st century and somebody who's kind of investigating this death and these figures I thinking of a lot of different pairings for this, but I'm going to go in kind of a weird direction and pair it with Dare Me by Megan Abbott, which is about cheerleaders. So definitely different, but it's (laughs) (laughs) Dare Me is also about 
the intense friendship between teen girls and also how teen girls can come to idolize the adult women in their lives. And I think that's an interesting topic to explore. And Dare Me does that in a really interesting way. And Plain Bad Heroines sounds fantastic. Okay, I'm taking a complete turn away from the away from the Jane Eyre vibes we've got going on (laughs) and we're gonna turn over to our other favorite Jane Jane Austen okay this book might be terrible but I'm going to read it anyway okay I like your commitment (laughs) (laughs) this is Jane in Love by Rachel Gibney and it is (laughs) The premise is so ridiculous. I can't even keep a straight face. (laughs) Jane Austen. (laughs) Jane Austen. (laughs) We love her. (laughs) Well, she time travels 200 years in the future. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I really liked the Jane Austen project where someone else traveled back to Jane Austen's time. Uh (laughs) But I'm not sure how it's going to go when Jane travels to our time. (laughs) This is a wild premise. And look, I admire authors when they are bold. So I'm going to read this. So Jane is hanging out in Bath in 1803, and she is going to be a spinster. And apparently in this book, Jane doesn't want to be a spinster. So she searches for a solution for that and accidentally time travels (laughs) to present-day England on the film set of Northanger Abbey. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... Sophia Wentworth, that name though, is an actress and she's starring in this period film and she meets Jane and she's just in shock at this actress who doesn't break character even off set. (laughs) And Jane is shocked by all of this and thinks Sophia is unlike any woman she's ever met before because of course she's modern. And then she meets Fred, Sophia's brother, and... He is handsome and clever and kind. So wait, I don't understand. (laughs) Does she? (laughs) Does she not realize that she's time traveled? Does she? I don't. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, I I feel okay. I feel like I'm getting a little. I don't mean to be mocking this book because, like I said, I'm going to read it no matter what. The premise is just really wild it's wild yeah first of all anything austin like you said yeah give it a try but also we always talk about how ahead of her time jane austen was and so of course there's that question of what would jane austen think of the modern world so i admire an author who's trying to answer that question it has a really cute cover if nothing else i think it will be a fun quick read but it does sound like it might fall into the ridiculous Austin adaptation category. 
And I'm okay with it. I'll read. I truly, I'm sure we'll have to do an Austin Adaptations episode at some point. I will read any Austin adaptation, even if it is silly. I'm not precious about Jane Austen, but I don't know. It just, I mean, of course it stood out to me, so I had to share. I'll report back. (laughs) But I think that Austin Land by Shannon Hale would be a great pairing. I liked that book. I love the 2013 um, Carrie Russell movie. I think it's really cute. So I think that one sounds like it would fit well with Jane in Love. Oh, totally. I also love that movie. I'm actually going to jump back to October 20th because Cobble Hill by Cecily von Zeixer is something I am really excited about. She wrote Gossip Girl, which I I didn't read, but I have not, not, um, I haven't seen the whole series, but I have dipped in and out of it. And I am somebody who can enjoy rich people problems, books and shows. Those are not for everybody. And I completely understand that, but I, I like them. And Cobble Hill is about a bunch of parents in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, and the politics of an elite school there. I think it's a public school, but uh, one of the kind of like gifted and talented schools and parent politics are fascinating to me coming from having worked in private schools for many, many years. And so I'm excited about that one. And it also has a super cute cover. I think it would pair well with The Gifted School by Bruce Holsinger. Very similar premise. It's about parents trying to get their kids into a gifted school. So Cobble Hill is out October 20th. And it sounds like it could be, you know, if Blair and Serena moved to Brooklyn as adults and are now moms. And so if that sounds appealing to you, it might be one to keep on your radar. All right, coming out November 17th is a collection of humorous essays from Rachel Bloom, who people might know from the TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She was a writer and the star of that show, and she has an essay collection coming out called I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. And I liked Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I only watched the first two seasons and then it started to really annoy me and I couldn't take it anymore. But I really especially liked the first season and I think that Rachel Bloom can be funny. And I also think maybe writing is her strength more than acting. We'll see. But I really enjoy celebrity memoir, especially if that celebrity is great at writing. So I think that this would be great for fans of Mindy Kaling. Either of her essay collections would probably pair well with this one. Maybe even Samantha Irby because of her sense of humor. So her essays are going to be partly about sort of her journey to stardom her love of Disney, her mental health, how weird she is. She embraces her weirdness in an excellent way. Female friendships and just a range of essays with stories from her childhood all the way up through her adulthood. It sounds like it would be great for fans of Amy Poehler and Tina Fey's memoirs as well. 
I love a memoir and essays, so I had to get one in here, and I'm I'm excited to try it and get to know Rachel Bloom a little bit more. That was a lot of titles, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to need another nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, readers, we want to know what you pick up out of the books that we mentioned in this episode. We're assuming you're going to pick up at least one of these. Because <laughs> it's a lot of books. <laughs> there are lots of great titles here. And you can let us know by tagging us on Instagram at Novel Pairings Pod, or you can send a note to us via email. And you can send that to novelpairingspod at gmail.com. A great way to support the show is by sharing a recent episode with a friend. Word of mouth is truly the best way to spread bookish enthusiasm. But if you're feeling extra special, you could write a review on Apple Podcasts for us. Thank you to Michelle Timmons for her assistance on this episode and to Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode on Love Medicine by Louise Erdrich. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires?